Welcome back. This is episode two of the triumph of delusion leading up to the 2020 presidential election. In the last episode, I tried to articulate our current situation through the lens of psychology. And as a template, I used the big five personality traits, which are openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. I want to delve a little bit deeper into the right and what has become of the conservative movement behind Trump. This is something interesting, and I noticed this a while back. Have you ever noticed that there are no liberal anti-maskers? Not that I've seen anyways. Now, anti-maskers are either mentally ill individuals or Trump supporters with an axe to grind against liberals. If you know of any cases, please let me know. I haven't seen any personally. The past few years, we've seen countless cell phone footage videos of people being unpleasant, starting fights, confronting people for speaking Spanish, or having utterly abhorrent behavior. Their rants are many times followed up by a MAGA slogan or a promise that Trump will send them back to their country. It seems that the election of Donald Trump has emboldened bigots across the country. Now, I'm actually grateful for the cell phone technology that we have today. Cancel culture, whatever you want to call it. See, I'm a First Amendment purist. Kind of like conservatives who are Second Amendment purists. So for me, your word is your weapon. If you misuse it, you must face the consequences. Now, a gun advocate will always stress the responsibilities that come along with owning a weapon. And, of course, people fail to follow that. That's the big problem. Now, no one disagrees that owning a weapon comes with responsibility. I believe that your word is your weapon. And if you wind up shooting yourself in the foot because you're being a prick, you deserve to pay your pound of flesh. I want to focus on the correlation between Trumpism and general unpleasantness. In the last episode, I talked about trait agreeableness. I have found that the most ardent and feverish Trump supporters show dimensions of low agreeableness. Not everyone, of course. I know many people that voted for Trump that are perfectly pleasant and would never slander somebody in public. Yet you can't ignore the contingency of Trump supporters who feel like they need to go out into the world and antagonize people because they feel entitled to do so. Trait agreeableness falls into the categories of compassion and politeness. Highly agreeable people are compliant and easy to get along with. Now, this is not an unmitigated good. If you are highly agreeable, you tend not to advocate on your own behalf. So, for instance, a highly agreeable person may not be able to ask for a pay raise at work or stand up for them to themselves, stand up for themselves in a conflict. So, high agreeableness is a target for predatory behavior from others who wish to take advantage of their good-hearted nature. So, you see, many people who are highly agreeable feel like the world is unfair, and less agreeable people tend to get their way through life, or at least advocate on their own behalf enough so that they don't go along with everything. 
I think this is a huge trait on the right. I have several highly vocal conservatives in my circle who love to display their contrarian nature in my Facebook feed. They're my trolls, and they are simply adorable. If you're listening, oh, I love you. I can think of three particular individuals who seem to enjoy trolling me. All three of them are pretty successful in their personal lives. They are men. They enjoy flexing their success. Although generally pleasant in person, they seem to enjoy antagonizing people online. I would categorize them as low on agreeableness if I had the opportunity to psychoanalyze them. You know, I'm a pop psychologist, of course, so this is all me um, looking at it from the sidelines, reading books, and uh, kind of have my own take on the psychology of what's going on right now, which this series is about. I think that if you have a magic combination of conscientiousness and low agreeableness, Trump is your guy. I need to constantly emphasize and remind myself that this is a trait and it's not something that you chose to wear like a red hat. I think that new information can steer reasonable people one way or another. But there's a problem here. If you're low in agreeableness, you're not particularly enthusiastic to admit that you're wrong. Now pair that with low openness and low neuroticism, just like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I've made my way through life this way. Don't show me contrary information. You know, you're not getting these people to budge from their position. Let's talk about low uh, low agreeableness in terms of Trump. Now, if awards were given for low agreeableness, Trump would win every single one of them. He's astronomically disagreeable. Look at his petty Twitter feuds. Look at how he personally attacks private citizens and political opponents. Now, imagine being that way. It's pathological to be that venomous. What kind of wound do you need to have to go about your life in such a manner? Let's go back to his supporters. Now, say you're arguing against a Trump supporter, and you might have a good argument. But they have an answer for you. It goes something like, you're a liberal, so therefore your argument is invalid, and that article you just posted and referred to is fake news. Trumpism has become an ideology over the years. Now, I I call ideologies Walmart-quality religions. So here's my thinking. There's religion. There's the churches, right? There's what you grew up in. You can be a Mormon, you could be a Christian, Catholic, Jewish, right? Those are the big ones. So take one of these concepts, one of these concepts of of religious devotion, and just kind of cheapen it. Bring it down a few levels. And you have ideologies, like cheap, transient lenses in which you perceive the world. Now, people die over ideologies, Like people died over their religions in religious wars many years past. People are dying over their right-wing ideologies right now. You see Trump supporters who say that COVID was a hoax on Twitter and they die from it a month later. Herman Cain, for instance, right? This is ideological possession and it can extract a heavy toll. Today, our ideologies are costing us lives, in many cases. Let's say 
10 years ago, your right-wing ideology wasn't killing people. Not really. It's, it's kind of like festered in your own circle, right? But it really didn't do any damage. There's a quarter million people dead from COVID. Now, I'm not saying that people wouldn't have died had preventions been taken, but look at our situation. We're unique on the world stage, and that's what I said in the last episode. American exceptionalism is right there on display in the numbers of COVID deaths. Now, there's ideological possession present in the left as well, but it hasn't been embodied as conveniently as it has been with Trump. You know, you can say Bernie Sanders and AOC are ideological possessed on the left. Good argument. But they haven't enacted policies, not yet, that articulate their persona like Trump has over the years. Now, the steer to the left that may take place over the next few years might articulate left-wing pathology more clearly, but that is a subject for a different day. This series is an autopsy on Trump's first and perhaps and perhaps his last term. Now, I want to dive deeper. Maybe you're a casual Trump supporter, you know, but you're not willing to do anybody personal damage over it. Now, the other day, well, this was just in the news, the Biden bus in Texas that was attempted, that people attempted to run off the road. Now, what do you call that other than a religious fervor? So I have friends who are really upset because their parents are Trump supporters, right? They're voting for him. They're going to vote for him. And it's caused such a rift. And, you know, they might confront them, but then their parents will get really upset and say, you know, it's my choice. You know, I'm an adult. And it makes me feel like this. It, it, it's like it's a religious problem. And I want to unpack that. It's a religious problem. You know how you're not supposed to talk about religion? So a lot of boomer Trump supporters are like, just let me do my vote, you know. And they don't want to dive into it. They don't want to get into it. It's like, I got my ways, you got yours. You know, I'm not going to judge you for your, for your ways. Well, like, let's talk about it. I mean, yes, there were cages under Obama, but there wasn't child separation under Obama. Don't get that twisted. We don't have to run down the list. Trump has plenty of things wrong with them. Even if the Hunter Biden stuff was real, you look at it and you're like, well, there's this list of bad things. You know, Biden's, you know, ripping off speeches in the past. You know, you guys have all seen the video. Then look at Trump's list. It's so much bigger. So yet, if you weigh it on a very just scale, he's like, well... That guy is pathological, and this other guy is kind of a, you know, just a, a, an establishment politician type, you know. And we've already talked about how that's a problem. I had a gaffe in the last episode. I call them RAWs. That was that's raw. No, it's RWAs, and what that stood for was right-wing authoritarians. If you are a ardent Trump supporter, I suggest you take a survey to see where you land on the political access. Because I'm willing to bet you're further on the authoritarian right than you might imagine.
So right-wing authoritarians are the most dangerous because they're going all in. They're the law and order people. Blue Lives Matter. The Thin Blue Line. They're the first ones to attack when social justice efforts are being made. You know the types. Now, I don't know what it is inside of us that wants a daddy, a strong man leader. But the right-wing authoritarians have found their guy. This is what's going on in this age. Now, I'm trying not to draw too many parallels to Nazi Germany. I don't think it's the same thing at all. But there was this support for Hitler as a strong man who was going to lead the country. And something snapped inside of people that said, that's my guy. There's a lot of parallels, you know. He was seen as a clown too. This conspiracy theorist, weird mustachioed guy who is yelling. You know, people were like, well, that's entertainment. You know, look at the literature. And then things got out of hand. Now, based on the kind of person that Trump is, he abhors losers. You know, people have said, well, you know, Trump's a racist, and that's perhaps that's true. But if you look back in history, you know, Donald Trump loved Michael Jordan. It's a black guy. Why would he like him? Well, it's almost like he liked Michael Jordan because he was a winner. That's the thing. It's winning. So to lose is a mortal sin. He's already trying to call it early, right? Now, he's going to lose the popular vote, I can almost guarantee. Now, the Electoral College, he still has a chance. But the threats that he's been making make it sound like no matter if, the, if he winds up losing, he's going to cause all kinds of chaos in the three months in the interim between the election and the transfer of power. And that sucks. I can't, I can't imagine you would vote for that. And it's very true. So, my friends on the right, my friends who are don't want to vote for Biden, they think they're going to vote for Trump. I, I just want, want to tell you, there's a lot more at, at stake than policy. It's like, we're on this ship, and there's holes in the hull. And you're voting to sink the ship. This, and... You can say I'm exaggerating, but I've done a lot of work on this fellow, this guy, this occupant. And one thing that would surprise me is if he admits defeat. He won't. He'll call it into question if he loses. I guarantee it. And it's going to be more chaos for months. It's going to be crazy. He'll try everything. He doesn't want to lose. Especially since it's pretty clear that there are legal consequences for him once he's out of office. Now, if you're disagreeable, I think I'm kind of disagreeable. I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see justice go, go down. I mean, if we have a villain in this age, you know, we have it.
I think this, these last four years have kind of proven to me just how crazy people can be. I think we're, we're out of our skulls. And it's made me more, in fact, religious because I see how humans are geared toward it. There's an ideology on the right. There's an ideology on the left. The world is too complex to take apart, so you need a simple path. Now, if Tucker Carlson is telling you what to think, and Sean Hannity, and on the other side, Rachel Maddow says this, Seth Abraham says this, you're letting people do your thinking for you. Now, all I ask is that you think for yourself. That's hard. And it politics should be that simple. It really should be. It's your vote. It's your choice. You know, democracies don't last forever. They all fall apart at a certain point. And it goes something like, the people got too soft. And then the barbarians came through the gates. Now, I think that the barbarians are inside the gates. And I don't know. I think this is a powder keg. This vote is so important because the clear-headed people, they need to come through. They need to come through for us. I wasn't a big fan of anybody involved in the Lincoln Project while George Bush was starting wars in other countries. But hey, I'll take it. Steve Schmidt, Rick Wilson, come on board. And I think that I'm hopeful because if I look at it plainly, I think just most people are just sick of it. They're just sick of Trump. Sick of it. I'm sick of it. And there's more chaos. You know, a lot of this was inspired by a book, an audiobook that I I went through called uh, The Strange Case of Donald J. Trump. I think anybody who's voting for him should listen to it or read it. I think it, even if you're not voting for him, you should read it, of course. But I think it it this summarizes it. Okay, It's not a very pleasant book, by the way. Trump's like a black hole. He just sucks in the space around him. And you can't help but to be involved in his orbit. I think most people are just sick of having him be the center of it. And they they just want a moment of peace. Just I just I just want this roller coaster to stop. Biden. He's kind of like the grandpa next door. You know, he might shake his finger at you. He has some gaffes, you know. Kind of forgets where where he's going and stuff. But it, it is boring, right? But maybe, you know, maybe you need to settle down with somebody a little bit boring. Okay, this has been a hell of a ride the last four years. To continue the, the theme of, of religion, I think that people are looking for something to believe in. And Trump has given a lot of people something to believe in. They've given a voice Things they've suspected all along, you know, 
corruption in the media, corruption in the news. The thing is, it's underneath the, the very thin layer of anything that could be considered truthful is this utter selfishness. This utter lack of regard for tradition and rules. And maybe, hey, maybe that's your thing. You know, maybe you're, you want to, you're looking at this as, well, let, let's shake things up a bit. Things have been really mundane here in, in politics for a long time. There's a valid point there. But I think too much damage has already been done. And I can't imagine four more years of this kind of damage. There is no plan, by the way. He's just going to let the virus spread. He's not going to do anything to stop it. So you're voting for Trump. You're voting to have American people die. People might die under Biden, but less people will die under Biden. I can't see how you you want to touch that button. You want to hit that switch. Reach out to me. Michael, reach out to me. Tell, tell me what what motivates you. If 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 that's your 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 route, because this plain as day, we don't know how many people are going to die. A million, a, mi- a million COVID deaths. Is that what's going to happen next year? Is that what we're doing? Because of Antifa. Listen, I interviewed Antifa. You remember that that episode? Okay, teenage kids, twenty somethings, loose group. Proud Boys is far more organized than Antifa. They're wearing masks, they believe in something, they've read some Marx, okay? Not Richard Marx, Karl Marx. You're chasing boogeyman. You're chasing ghost. I actually have one more part here. This is going to come out the day before the election. The day of the election, rather than just be a total bummer, I'm going to talk about something hopeful, something that I believe in. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you later. Bye now.